I'm Leia, an international school teacher desperately trying to get back to her home in China, but also really enjoying the autumn here in Madison. That said, I am not a fan of pumpkin anything other than pumpkins in their purest jack-o'-lantern forms or roasted in the oven. I'm a mom to two teenage daughters who continue to wake up around noon despite the fact that they're in school full time and a husband who makes us fabulous breakfasts and is the resident mouse catcher and killer in our urban cabin here in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Edie and fall is my favorite season. Nothing is better than fall in Wisconsin. Unless we are talking about spring in Wisconsin. <laughs> I love most things pumpkin spice. In fact, my dear friend Kristen formed a PSL club. What's a PSL club? The Pumpkin Spice Latte Club, of course. <laughs> I also love pumpkin spice candles and pumpkin spice bagels. And I'm going to order pumpkin spice lip gloss from Cosmetics. <laughs> I did try it. Pumpkin spice hummus last year, and that was a big thumbs down. I bet. I, I'm sorry, Edie, but I will not be joining that bandwagon. Well, you're missing out. <laughs> I am a single mom to two teens and a tween. Also, a middle school reading specialist who loves telling others what to read. <laughs> and we're, we're the, the two chit chat chicks. Like always, we'll be sharing chit chat tips and tricks starting a new habit, and a riveting memoir. We'll gather around the campfire to chat about burning topics, being stubborn, and of course, we'll have our Chit Chat Challenge of the Week. In our Chit Chat Tips and Tricks segment, we share things that make our lives just a little bit happier or better. This week, my sister-in-law, Ellen, has a very motivating tip on starting your meditation routine. Hi, I'm here with my sister-in-law, Ellen, one of my favorite people in the world. And um, we've been talking about all kinds of things lately, including um, how she meditates. And I want to ask you today, Ellen, how did your meditation journey actually begin? Well, Leah, this seed was planted after I read the book Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. Ah, yeah. I wanted to run off to India and Bali to find my guru and get my stressful life under some controlled management. Mm -hmm. And actually, as the stress began to mount in my retail job, my thoughts went from meditation seed to meditation need. Oh, yeah. After some research, I signed up for an individual meditation instruction at a holistic wellness clinic. Ah. After, re after a relaxing massage, we did a slow walking meditation, and I received a lesson on how to meditate. I was put in a warm, quiet room with a cushion, soft music, and a nice aroma. The session went for about 20 minutes. I can't say it went well, but at least I learned how to begin. Next, I chose a spot in my home that would be warm and quiet. I ordered a cushion online and began my practice for one minute. Mm. That first one minute was really long, but I did it. It was a while before I went back to it, but the cushion was always there for me as a reminder for mm -hmm. the next time, <laughs> which was about a month later. When I finally started again, I set the timer for one minute. 
that one minute was filled with so many thoughts I couldn't relax, Mm. adding to my frustration and lack of patience. At this point, I figured I needed more guidance to take it to the next step, so I went to YouTube and discovered Yongi Mingar Rinpoche, a young monk from India, Hmm. who between his light humor and simple articulation had me coming back for more. He spoke of the monkey mind representing your crazy, out-of-control thoughts and how to witness them objectively as they pass through your mind. Hmm. As I came to embrace my monkeys, I increased my time from one minute for a week and then the following week, three minutes and then five minutes for an entire month. When I felt a master for five minutes, I added more time as I felt comfortable. Today, 10 years later, I'm at 30 minutes. I try to do it daily, but if I don't, it's okay. Practicing is like putting money in the bank. You can call on it during stressful times and remember to breathe. For example, last summer, to prepare for my husband's and my five-week road trip out west, I meditated daily for 30 minutes for an entire year. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I had high anxiety knowing that Cal and I would be together 24-7, driving for hours, camping, and living out of our van. It worked. When tempers flared, I took my deep cleansing breaths and dissipated much potential bickering. (laughs) I discovered the calm became contagious after four days of lots of breathing. Breathe in and breathe out my new mantra. Wow, I love that. Wow, very inspiring, very motivational. Thank you. What great advice, Ellen! Thank you! Does daydreaming count as meditating? Well, no, not quite, but it is a wonderful addition to meditating and should be done daily. Well, this week I have a tip. Mm-hmm. Get on your Amazon account right now and order the memoir Freckled by T.W. Neal. My friend Sharon loaned it to me several weeks ago, and I regret not snatching it up immediately. It is the memoir of a girl growing up wild in Hawaii. Kirkus Reviews says, An affecting and riveting chronicle of a singular childhood that evokes the contradictions of hippie utopian ideals in an unspoiled Hawaiian landscape long since lost. Okay, I like it. There, I told y'all what to read. (laughs) Well, I'll be ordering today. No, I'll loan you my friend Sharon's copy. She won't mind. Ah, better yet. We'll put the info for this in the show notes. Do I hear a campfire? Do I hear a campfire tune? Fire's burning, fire's burning, draw nearer, draw nearer. It's time for Campfire Chat. This week, we are going to explore our stubborn sides and talk about things that are non-negotiables for us. You bet. That said, we are also going to talk about times we said never and then changed our minds. Could we call that (laughs) wabi-sabi? Or wishy-washy, one or the other. Anyway, with so many obligations and shoulds floating around in our universe, 
Sometimes we need to stamp our feet and say, nope, not happening. Yeah, right? I think by the time we're in our 50s, we kind of know ourselves enough to know what we're comfortable with and enjoy and what we have zero interest in pursuing. I enjoy my teaching job and I also enjoy hanging out with my own kids. But I know 100% it ain't going to be me teaching my Charlotte how to drive. I don't have the patience or the need for adrenaline or the capacity for shrieking in an enclosed capsule to endure that. Remember that scene in the movie, is it Lady Bird, where the daughter actually jumps out of the car while the mom is driving? I think that might be reversed in my case. <laughs> it's a case of... I don't want to, and you can't make me. I will not teach Charlotte how to drive. <sighs> how about you, Edie? What's something that immediately pops into your mind? Well, I am done saying I'm going to do yoga. For some reason, <laughs> I was just lying to people. I was telling people I was going to commit, fully commit, to 30 days of yoga with Adrian. <laughs> well, let it be known, I have no intention of doing three seconds of yoga with Adrian, let alone 30 days. Is she the same one with the dancer's arms? What's oh, happened? no, 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 no. I'll, I'll continue flapping around with her. <laughs> I think you said in the last episode you were taking a break. Oh, just the arm workout. She does other things. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, I totally get where you're coming from on that one, Edie. I know we both have pretty strong thoughts on animals in our homes. Mine are particularly mouse-related these days, but what about pets? Do you have any I-don't-want-to-and-you-can't-make-me opinions on pets? I don't want to have a dog and you can't make me, is my opinion. Another lifetime ago, I had a beagle named oh. Hamlet. <laughs> you remember Hamlet, don't you, Leah? <laughs> Him Digger because he dug his way out of your tent that time we went camping together. And I also recall him doing a number in our basement in St. Paul when you came to stay one weekend. Yes, that was after he ate an entire box of brand buds at my parents' house. Oh, oh boy. So years ago, my ex husband and I had a very sweet, very needy dog named Hamlet, and he had to be with us all the time and you try and curl up on your chest like a cat so it was all glitter and rainbows for years until leonard our son was born well hamlet was not having it he started chewing up the kitchen cabinets pooping around the house and biting me what it was horrible so I was setting my alarm for 3.30 a.m. so I could spend time with Hamlet before the baby woke up. No, that is not okay. That must have been extraordinarily taxing. Well, the whole situation wasn't sustainable, and we brought Hamlet back to the Humane Society. It was heartbreaking, and I vowed that day that I didn't deserve to ever own a dog again. A true dog lover would have tried harder to make things work. So, for the past 16 years, I have been dog-free. I am now a cat person. I love everything about cats and can't imagine not having them in the house. Right now, we have Millie, an adorable, moody Siamese cat. Millie was preceded by 
Cosmos, Scratchy, Rhonda, and Miss Kitty. All dear, dear elder cats, and I miss them all meowy much. <laughs> Did you catch that? Meowy much? Meow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I had this rule about no dogs as well. Many moons ago, in a past relationship, we had these two Shelties. And I must say, they were the bane of my existence. <laughs> oh, they no. barked continually, upset our neighbors constantly, and seemed to find my chocolate stash regularly and vomit all over the bed oh. on a frequent basis. It was my partner who really wanted and loved the dogs, but he had a lot less time to spend with them, so the burden kind of fell on me. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So when Don came to me a few years ago, letting me know he had fallen in love with a sweet little doggy who'd been a Beijing rescue dog and needed a new home, my immediate reaction was no way. Been there, done that. But he had never owned a dog before. And when he told me he'd like Moondog to join the family, I felt like he was talking about his first crush or something. Goodness. It was quite sweet. And then I had to evaluate all the amazing interactions my daughter Emily has had with animals over the years and how for many years she actually walked on all fours and communed with animals in a really special way. And, well... I did change my mind. So now we have a house full. Moon dog and cat boy. <laughs> cat boy's a whole other story. <laughs> so how's it going with that? You haven't even been home since January. What's going on with your pets, Leia? Oh, they've been fostered out to loving families, and we're hoping that when we return, they'll remember us. Mm. Sometimes we have video chats. <laughs> video chats with them but it kind of panics them they don't seem to enjoy seeing us oh uh oh in episode one you talk about having a pony and what a traumatic experience that was for you april was the pony's name any chance you'll ever get a pony again (laughs) any chance hell will freeze over over my dead body on that one. So, let's move on to... I don't want to and you can't make me in regards to relationships of the human variety. Okay. Well, as a young girl, I vowed that I would never get married. And I did! (laughs) Two weeks short of my 20th birthday. Can you believe that? Who does that? Hopefully no one anymore. That was crazy. That said, after the relationship ended, I vowed I would never marry again. Again! Do you think that took? Well, Dawn is proof that it didn't. Yep, Dawn is certainly living proof. (laughs) I will say, I went screaming and kicking to the altar. I was happy for us to live together forever. In sin, as my mom would call it. But there was no way I was going to get married. I remember driving by a church in Vancouver on a Saturday with a friend and seeing the wedding, the wedding party outside on the steps and yelling out of my car window, it's never going to last. Oh, Can you imagine? That's awful. <laughs> you did not. That's so terrible. <laughs> oh, so how did you end up getting married anyway to my old boyfriend, no less? <laughs> 
Well, we don't need all the details today, though some of them. How we met on the plane to Taiwan, etc. But we did live our first several years together in Asia, and when we came back to North America, we had to come to terms with our Canadian and American citizenships. If we moved to one or the other's country, we had to get married in, or in order to be able to work and, you know, minor stuff like that. So we had to get married. As I recall, I played a rather pivotal role in the story of your wedding, didn't I? <laughs> you did indeed. <laughs> For some reason, I just couldn't accept the idea of you two getting married in a cold courtroom somewhere. <laughs> I used to think everyone needed some type of ceremony. So I insisted that you get married at my husband's grandma's cabin in West Bend. <laughs> I volunteered a cabin. I really had no business volunteering. But I guess Tim must have arranged the cabin because you were married there. <laughs> we sure were. <laughs> and we hated the justice of the peace. When we met him, he said we could write our own vows. But then we, when we started crossing off paragraphs from his template and adding our own hippie vows, he actually said to me that it seemed like I didn't want to get married at all, which I didn't. So I just said, well, forget it. And I left the vows the way they were. Oh, I remember you had a Bloody Mary bar at your wedding and two huge trays of olives. It was heavenly. But um, back to the story. What happened next? Well, I just felt sick saying those traditional words about obeying and the man being the head of the household and stuff like that. That I just had zero belief in. So <laughs> I laughed hysterically and I think I blurted out that I was drunk, though I wasn't. <laughs> really? Is that what happened? I don't really remember. Maybe you were, you were a few Bloody Marys in by that time. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Oh, man. Well, the next week on our honeymoon in Door County, we took those vows and we burned them in the forest and we took them all back. And then we said our own lovely liberal vows. And then I felt better. So you're okay being married? To Dawn, yes. But never again. I swear. So, Edie, are there any more I-don't-want-to-and-you-can't-make-me relationship guidelines that you live by? I don't want to talk about relationship guidelines and you can't make me. <laughs> okay, fine then. We'll leave it there. Let's go a little lighter. What about fashion rules? I have quite a few. The first one is you can't make me wear a turtleneck. Ooh, I love a good cozy turtleneck. That is the one form-fitting garment I actually sometimes wear. A fitted black turtleneck. Oh, it's as good as a little black dress. Not in my book. I need a Y-shaped neckline to elongate my neck and bring up my exquisite <laughs> clavicles. <laughs> I haven't had a turtleneck in years and I never will again. Okay. Well, I'm never going to wear shorts again. I think that's a non-negotiable for me. In fact, I don't think I've worn shorts since I was in third grade. Every several years I buy a pair, but they never make it out of the house. I'm not sure my children have ever even seen my legs. How is that even possible? Well, as you know, I keep myself quite shrouded, Edie. I have a good full-length nightgown tip or trick <laughs> I may share in an upcoming episode. <laughs> And we will be doing an upcoming episode on body image. It's a big one. 
Leah, you need a therapist to get over some of your hang-ups. Oh, I do for sure. But even though I plan to hang up a lot of my hang-ups, I still vow to never wear shorts. I don't want to and nobody can make me. Okay, we'll let that drop. I'm not ever going to wear paper bag pants. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world are paper bag pants? They sound insane. I don't think you should wear them whatever they are. <laughs> Well, paper bag pants have a scrunchy waistband that are reminiscent of a paper bag. The waist is cinched with a ribbon or a belt. Google it. You've seen them at Target. I know because I bought a pair and tried them on. Eek! Eek! <laughs> Sounds like the mice in my house. <laughs> it was not good. I have no idea how to wear them without looking like I am actually wearing a paper bag. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, I have one. I'm not ever going to wear a romper again, whether in short or long pant form. You know, they're those one-piece outfits with an elastic or a tie waist. They kind of feel like they're for little kids, not adults. Plus, they're too hard to go to the bathroom in. I accidentally wore a romper to a job interview. What? It was hunter green with tiny yellow roses on it. I thought I was just stopping by Human Resources to pick up an application, but I was hustled into a room for a job interview, which was shocking. Milwaukee was obviously desperate for an eighth grade science teacher, and I got the job despite being an English teacher. <laughs> and being in a romper. <laughs> and wearing a romper. Wow. Okay. Whew. Well, let's chat about what you won't do in regards to entertainment. Again, by the time we're 50-something, we know what's a no-go. For example, I will never, ever go to a horror movie. There's just no chance of that. Me neither. I am also never going to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy, oh. even though I tell my boys I will consider it. Do people even go to the movies anymore, Leah? Well, not lately. It might be a dying industry, like cruise ships. But I know... Just a I... second. Stop. Who's playing a game out there? Stop it. Too noisy. We're podcasting. Stop. <laughs> Take the sound down. Whew. Okay. So I think I was talking, maybe, <laughs> about cruise ships, dying industry. Who could know? Oh, yes. Movie making is a dying industry. I do know that I'm never going to go to a movie unless I can get popcorn. Why go if you can't eat popcorn? That said, what do you eat at the movies, Edie? Cucumbers? I don't eat anything at the movies. They pop that corn in palm oil. And I have it from a credible source that they reuse old popcorn the next day. Back in the day, I would order junior mints and a tab. <laughs> Well, maybe I'll sneak in my own popcorn from now on. Here's another one. I just can't go to concerts. Maybe outdoor ones where I can roam around a bit or do a crossword or knit. You knit? <laughs> well, no, but if I have to go to a concert, I will. Anyway, I'm just not able to sit still and listen to music. It's kind of like being forced to meditate. I rebel against it. I'm a bit embarrassed about this, but I'd rather have music on in the background and be doing something else. 
What about Bruce Springsteen, Leia? Would you make an exception for him? Well, you'd have to bribe me, and popcorn would have to be involved. Mm. Can you get popcorn at concerts? No, I am not going to see the boss with someone who would be just as happy sitting at home eating popcorn. It just isn't right. I have to see Springsteen with avid Springsteen fans. Did you know that Springsteen fans are called Bruce Tramps? Did not know that. Well, neither did I until I just Googled it. Unlike you, I am done going to outdoor festivals. They feel like such a waste of time to me. All that standing and drinking overpriced beer and listening to bands I don't care about. No thank you. Okay, then. (laughs) It's time time for for the the Chit Chat Chat Challenge. This week, we'd like to know what your I don't want to and you can't make me absolutes are. We'd also like to to hear stories about when you thought you had an absolute and something forced your hand or made you change your mind. Mm. Last week, we talked about how we could live a wabi-sabi life and accept where we are right now. How did you do on your challenge, Edie? Great! I really excelled at this challenge. I was going to accept my wabi-sabi arms and... I haven't done an arm workout for days, and I'm loving my arms, especially since it's sweater weather in Wisconsin. Sure enough. Well, I was going to start buying my own flowers. I have a lovely autumn bunch sitting on the coffee table, and I'm content with keeping myself in fresh flowers without expecting someone else to buy them for me. Hmm. Good, right? Yeah, that's good. Alrighty then. So... That's it for episode 13 of the Two Chit Chat Chicks. Check out the show notes for this episode where you'll find links to our blogs, my Prairie Girl greeting card line on Etsy. I've got a pandemic line coming out soon and one geared for men. I'll be posting some photos on the coop soon. They're super fun. Yes, and please join us at the Chit Chat Coop on Facebook. It's a group where we can share fun things about each other, tell stories based on the challenges of the week, and get to know each other and just have fun. It's called the Chit Chat Coop. If you're not a member yet, please join us. We'd love to have chicks and roosters. If you subscribe on iTunes or any other podcast app, that really helps us to get our show out to the public. If you rate us or write us a review, then we can really continue to move up in the ratings. Oprah, here we come. Yes. Thank you for listening. It's so gratifying to hear from so many of you who are loving the show. We love creating it, and we love it even more knowing all you lovely peeps are listening. Yep. We have a new episode every Sunday. If you haven't listened to all of the previous 12 episodes yet, go back and catch up. Bye-bye. Cluck, cluck.